You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. I hope you had a great weekend. It was an off weekend for Tennessee and an off weekend for a lot of SEC schools, Auburn included. That is Tennessee's scheduled opponent coming up on Saturday as we continue to wait for official confirmation that the game will be played. Right now they are anticipating that happening with Auburn getting a workout in at the end of last week. Tennessee was able to practice through the week, so it turned into a bye week for Tennessee. We'll talk about what Tennessee needs to focus on getting done this week ahead of the game on Saturday, and the conversation today will be with the assumption that that game will take place. So that's coming up in segment number one. There's news in the SEC about a head coach that has been let go. We'll tell you about that here in just a moment. In segment number two, there was pretty big news on Friday. At least there was a story that got a lot of attention, and that was Eight coaches in Tennessee's football program, seven football assistants, and then the head strength coach declining to take a pay cut, as was requested by the athletic department. It says, I think, several bad things about what's going on with Tennessee football, but we'll look at that. We'll address that here in segment number two. And then in segment number three of today's show, a message that is kind of big picture looking at what it takes to succeed or avoid failure in college football. Does it apply to Tennessee football. You'll hear that message from one of the most successful coaches we've seen recently and really ever in college football. That's all coming up today on Locked on Vols. It is presented by Built Bar. Remember, when you go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's at builtbar.com. And before I get to Tennessee and what the Vols need to be focusing on this week, there was big news on Sunday evening as reports came out that South Carolina has fired Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp is, of course, the former Florida coach. He was fired there and I thought was doing an okay job at South Carolina, but last year was a disaster and this year has gone very poorly for South Carolina. So despite the pandemic this year and the high cost of firing Will Muschamp as his buyout is a reported $13 million right around there. South Carolina said, we've got to move on. And I saw Josh Kendall of The Athletic note that South Carolina had weighed what to do and decided that keeping Muschamp could end up being too costly. So they went ahead and made the move and have fired Will Muschamp. And we'll see what South Carolina does. I know that the popular reaction is, oh, they're going to go get Hugh Freeze. And maybe that's what South Carolina ends up doing. I don't know. We'll see. Hugh Freeze just signed a contract extension at Liberty, but that would not keep him from going somewhere else. It would just make it more costly for somebody to get him. And I know that there is a at least a percentage of Tennessee's fans saying, hey, let's just go get Hugh Freeze. And I'll, I'll be curious to see what Hugh Freeze's future is, whether it's this offseason or next offseason. At some point, he probably gets a Power 5 head coaching job. Could he get back into the SEC? I don't know. After what happened at Ole Miss, I'm just not sure about that. But I'd say that there's going to be a long list of potential candidates for South Carolina's job. And I think it's a pretty good job, not a great job by any means. And I would say at best, the fourth best job in the SEC East. Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee, to me, are definitely ahead of the South Carolina job. So that's big news as there will be potentially a recruiting impact there. Could Tennessee try to go after a player or two that South Carolina has recruited. And then a lot of people will be watching to see how this affects the coaching market. What is the coaching market going to be this year? I don't know. And I don't know that Tennessee will be in it right now. I'm still very skeptical 
it's interesting that the buyout number for Will Muschamp is about the same as what it would be for Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. I still think we're a long way away from that conversation considering Tennessee just extended Jeremy Pruitt and his raise hasn't even kicked in yet. But again, the, the cost for Jeremy Pruitt's buyout would be about the same as Will Muschamp. So he's out at South Carolina. Jeremy Pruitt, of course, has to focus on his football team. So we'll transition to that as the Vols are getting ready for Auburn on Saturday. Tennessee opened as about a 10-point underdog against the Tigers. Auburn did not play this weekend. Its game against Mississippi State was postponed. And then Auburn had its own COVID issue and, again, worked out at the end of last week. Tennessee, to me, really needs to focus on itself. We'll get to the keys of the game because there are a number of things Tennessee needs to do to have a shot to win that. We'll talk about that this week. But before that, Tennessee, to me, number one, has to figure out what it's doing at quarterback. What is the health status of Jarrett Garantano? We should get an update on Monday as Jeremy Pruitt will meet with the media in the middle of the day. So on tomorrow's show, I should have an update for you there. But Tennessee needs to figure out what it's doing. My assumption is right now that if Jarrett Garantano is healthy, he would return to the starting position. But if he does start, there's no guarantee that he plays really well, obviously. And that's why Tennessee needs to have its number two guy ready. To me, that should be Harrison Bailey. We saw JT Shroud earlier in the season briefly, and he really struggled. We saw Brian Maurer against Arkansas, and he really struggled. Harrison Bailey has not had much of an opportunity. This would be that opportunity if I were Jeremy Pruitt to at least be ready, to have a a shot, if he's not going to be the starter, to be the number two. If you're of the opinion that, hey, it's time to make a change, I can understand that. Bailey needs to show something in practice, though. If, if he's going to have the support of his teammates, it's going to have to come from some kind of practice performance. If it's been good enough and you think, you know what, let's see what we have here. Two weeks to get him ready after last week and then this upcoming week and Tennessee were to make that move, I would totally understand. My guess, though, again, is that Jarrett Garantano is the starter if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, then I would think even more strongly about Harrison Bailey being the starter this upcoming week. So that's priority number one. Figure out what you're doing at quarterback. The other thing Tennessee staff needs to have figured out is how it can be better for four quarters. The second half performance of Tennessee this season has been awful. And the third quarter performance coming out of the half, Tennessee has just gotten beaten consistently, especially during this four-game losing streak. The adjustments that opponents have made, and sometimes those adjustments have just been, hey, let's just go right at this team. This team can't stop a run. Let's run it. This team can't stop anything over the middle in the passing game. Let's throw it there. And then you just you kill Tennessee that way. Tennessee needs to figure out why that has been such a consistent problem and why Tennessee has struggled all season long to be a consistently good team for four quarters. It just hasn't happened much this season. That needs to be a focus for Tennessee staff as well, how to find consistency because it just hasn't been there. Even in the Missouri game when Tennessee had a lopsided win, It was pretty close in terms of yards per play. Missouri made mistakes. Tennessee took advantage of those mistakes. And the Vols deserve credit coming out. But consistent play for four quarters over six games, Tennessee has not been anywhere close to that. And then the third thing to me that Tennessee needs to be working on, and this ties in with item number two, are there some defensive personnel changes coming? Are you looking at more Key Lawrence in the secondary, at the nickel position? That, to me, is something to pay attention to. Sean Schamberger, at the beginning of the season, was a veteran that was thought to be a really important player in that role. I thought that he would be a really important player in that role. Has not turned out to be the case. What's the health of some of your defensive players? That matters. But uh, at linebacker, in the pass rush position, are you going to look at some younger guys that have a chance to make plays? Are they more ready? Tennessee's head coach Jeremy Pruitt has talked about 
the lack of practice time for guys. We just got an extra week of practice last week that was handed to you. And the COVID issues that Tennessee had to deal with, well, that was about two months ago. So that doesn't mean that every freshman should be ready to play at an all-SEC level. But at a level higher than what we've seen to this point in the season, that shouldn't be asking too much. So are we going to see some defensive personnel changes? Have you shored some things up in the middle of the field on defense? Because if you have not, then Auburn is going to take advantage of that. The teams in the at the end of your schedule, Florida and a and I mean, think about those two games. Assuming they take place, right now, how is your, your fear not that Florida and A&M are going to score 100-plus points on you combined? Look at what Florida did to Arkansas. And by the way, that Vanderbilt game, not a gimme. That Vanderbilt team uh, just took a run at Kentucky. Kentucky won the game, but Vanderbilt scored 35 points against Kentucky. Tennessee scored seven points against Kentucky a few weeks ago. And you have to be careful comparing game to game. But it's just a reminder, Tennessee still has some work to do. And it starts this week with Auburn. But to me, most of the work starts with Tennessee working on itself. Coming up next, some of the coaches who work for Tennessee decided, yeah, I'm good. I'm not taking a pay cut. What that says about what's going on behind the scenes with Tennessee's football program. I'll get to that coming up next here on Locked on Vols today. It's presented by Coors Light. If you were enjoying some football this past weekend, hope you enjoyed it with a nice cold Coors Light. The beer that is literally made to chill, you know Coors Light. Coors Light is from Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, and The Coors Light beer is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. As I said, it's literally made to chill, and what a great option. If you are on the go during the day and you need to take it easy at night, maybe enjoy some football coming up tonight. Football this weekend, of course, when Tennessee gets back in action. If you're on the go, 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 how about hitting the reset button and enjoying an ice-cold Coors Light. You can find Coors Light online at get.coorslight.com if you're looking for beer to unwind with. If you're looking to hit the reset button, how about doing so with Coors Light? Go online. You can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. And of course, remember to celebrate responsibly. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. A report came out on Friday from Blake Topmeyer, who covers Tennessee for the Knoxville News Sentinel. You can read the story at knoxnews.com. The headline of the story is Eight Tennessee Football Assistants Reject Pay Cuts Proposed by Vols Athletic Department. You might have heard the news a few weeks ago that Tennessee's athletic department had a budget cut plan that included pay cuts for employees in the athletic department. And at-will employees took the pay cut that was given. They had no choice. But employees with contracts had to agree because of their contracts. Tennessee could not just force a pay cut on them. Every head coach in the athletic department took a pay cut, except for Jeremy Pruitt, who instead agreed to have his raise that was given to him by the university go into effect next year. So Jeremy Pruitt did not take a pay cut. He just delayed his raise into 2021. 
all the other head coaches, all the other assistant coaches at other in other sports took pay cuts, and the Atwell employees took pay cuts. There were two assistant football coaches who agreed to pay cuts, T. Martin and Jay Graham. They happened to be the two former Tennessee football players on the staff. So the two VFLs agreed. The other seven football assistant coaches and strength and conditioning coach, A.J. Artis, all declined to take a pay cut. The highest paid among those coaches is Jim Chaney, who makes $1.6 million this year. He is the third highest paid employee in the athletic department behind Jeremy Pruitt and Rick Barnes. Derek Ansley makes a million dollars this year as the defensive coordinator. He declined. The other coaches were offensive line coach Will Friend, quarterbacks coach Chris Winkie, inside linebackers coach Brian Niedermeyer, outside linebackers coach Shelton Felton, and tight ends coach Joe Osevet. I do want to be clear here. Those coaches have the right to do this. They have contracts, they have the negotiating power, and they do not have to take pay cuts. I think everybody recognizes that. I want to be clear that they don't have to. I also think it's very obvious that this is a bad look. This will not sit well in the athletic department. This is not going to sit well with a lot of Tennessee fans. And this is not a good sign of where things stand with the culture in Tennessee's football program. Here's why I say that. Everybody else in the athletic department is taking some kind of pay cut. From Philip Fulmer to the other head coaches to other assistant coaches to other staff members within the athletic department. People making $60,000, $70,000 are taking pay cuts. But they're going to go to work on Monday knowing that Jim Chaney, who makes $1.6 million this year, said no. Philip Fulmer put out a statement, and you can read into what he's saying in that statement as I tell it to you here. This was a statement to the Knoxville News Sentinel. Philip Fulmer said, quote, I am very grateful to all the athletic department employees and families that have taken a salary reduction and are showing support to our department during such a difficult time. They have helped prevent the need to eliminate positions as we continue to battle this pandemic and its medical and financial implications. Unfortunately, there were some contract employees who did not agree to a reduction for their own reasons, but I am especially appreciative of all our head coaches and staff members who are doing their part for the greater good of the department. When he points to the people in the department who are doing something to help UT, he is also saying that these other assistant coaches in football, he did not say the football assistant coaches, he just said some contract employees, but those are the only people he's talking about. He is also saying they are not doing their part for Tennessee. As I continue here, I'll, I'll say again, they don't have to. They have the negotiating right to say no, and they said no. I am curious if that will remain the case. With this being out and the negative reaction that's there, there's going to be negative reaction within the athletic department. There's going to be a negative reaction from boosters, big money people who are going to say, wait a minute, why am I giving all this money? And then your highest paid employees, guys who are not getting the job done, are not doing anything to help. We gave all this money. You gave it to Jim Chaney. Pandemic hits, and they don't do anything to give it back. And we're not talking about, we're talking about a lot of money, but we're not talking about something that would be a big dent into Jim Chaney's salary. If he gives 5% back, you're talking about $80,000, which is the salary of a lot of people within the athletic department, more than a salary for some people in the athletic department. And that would make his salary for this year $1.52 million. Now, I don't want to be in the position of spending other people's money. But when you're talking about the circumstances that have surrounded 2020 and the fact that we know so many people 
that have taken a financial hit. When you see someone in a public university who is asked to help out and almost all of his co-workers are helping out and Jim Chaney or Derek Ansley or Chris Winkie say, no, not going to do it. That says something. It also says to me that these coaches were unified in their choice to not do so. It's not a coincidence that the only people that said no are these eight football coaches, seven assistant coaches and the strength coach. I will say for A.J. Artis, he got his contract, I believe, after the pandemic hit. He's not making as much as the other assistant coaches. He's still making a lot of money. His situation is a, a little bit different. But for the for the football coaches, to keep it to those seven guys, and it's seven, not eight, because Jimmy Brumbaugh was fired. Tennessee owes him his money, and it's a lot, more than $800,000. That's a big hit to the university, by the way, but that was something that Jeremy Pruitt did. It says something. And in a sport where you're constantly preaching culture, you're constantly preaching buy-in, these coaches are literally not buying in. And opposing coaches at other schools... They can point to Tennessee's record right now. They can point to the lopsided losses for Tennessee. And they can now also say to recruits, hey, look at this story. Everybody in the athletic department did their part to help. But these coaches who are recruiting you did not. Do you really think they're going to be there in the long haul? Do you really think they're committed to Tennessee? This says that they're not. And whether that's fair or not, that is something Tennessee will now have to deal with on the recruiting trail. But I also wonder this. Do these coaches expect to be at Tennessee for a long time? Are some of these coaches thinking, hey, I'm going to be out in a month anyway. Why would I give money to the university? They just saw Jimmy Brumbaugh get fired in the middle of a season. Other coaches have to be thinking, my job's on the line too. And Jeremy Pruitt might fire me here in four weeks. If that's the case, would you give your money back? I don't know that I would. If I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm going to be at Tennessee until the middle of December and then I'm out of here, why would I give them a bunch of money? No, thanks. I'll just keep it. They might have had an agent say, you know what, just say no, keep your money, and then I'll get you out of there, or Jeremy Pruitt's going to get you out of there. So that could be a factor here too. But when the head coaches were told, hey, you need to talk to your assistants and make sure we're all on the same page here, and Rick Barnes' staff, they took their pay cuts. I'm sure Desmond Oliver and Mike Schwartz didn't want to take pay cuts. They could have said no, but they said yes to help the university and the Tennessee basketball program the Lady Vols basketball program, they appear aligned. And they don't make as much money as the football assistant coaches do. It's a bad look. It's going to be used against Tennessee. I'll be curious to see what Jeremy Pruitt says about it when he meets with the media. And I'll be curious to see if this remains the case. As uh, the budget cuts were laid out, the goal, according to the new Sentinel, was to help save the athletic department about $1.6 million. With these coaches saying no... It will save the athletic department about $1.3 million. So we're talking about $300,000 that Philip Fulmer now has to come up with somewhere else. If I'm Philip Fulmer, I'm going to Jeremy Pruitt and I'm saying, how come your assistant coaches aren't helping out? We've got to pay Jimmy Brumbaugh. We've given you all this money to put, put a staff together. We've given them all this money. What's going on here? So will this remain the case? Will any assistant coaches change their mind? If I'm Jim Chaney, if I'm Derek Ansley, I would have taken some kind of pay cut just to keep my name off that list because it's a bad look. It's going to upset a bunch of Tennessee. It already has upset a bunch of Tennessee fans. It's upset some donors, and it is not a good statement on where the culture is within Tennessee's football program. Philip Fulmer was expecting them to take pay cuts, and they didn't. I imagine Philip Fulmer is asking, why not? 
I'll come back for a final segment. We're going to take a big picture look. It could apply to Tennessee, could apply to South Carolina, but a national championship winning coach talking about if something's going wrong, here's maybe what the real issue is within a program. Could this apply to Tennessee? We'll get to that in the final segment of Locked on Vols, which today is presented by Built Bar. BuiltBar.com is the website. Go there and check out all the different flavors that they have. I have loved the recent order that we made with the salted caramel and caramel brownie bars. They're terrific. Peanut butter brownie and peanut butter have been my favorite. I've tried out a bunch of different flavors. I love the double chocolate as well. The uh, cookies and cream, I think, has been a really popular flavor. Same for the mint brownie and the coconut almond. They have so many flavors for you to choose from, 18 different flavors, and that list continues to grow. The pumpkin chocolate chip has been a big hit here recently, too. That's at BuiltBar.com. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They make for a great mid-morning or mid-afternoon snack, perfect for on-the-go as well. And also, they're a healthy option. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for the keto diet, and you can find them at BuiltBar.com. So find the flavor that you think you like. Check out the nutritional information, and remember to use promo code LOCKEDON. When you go to BuiltBar.com, the code LOCKEDON will get you 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. As Tennessee has had issues this season, and you think about issues that Tennessee had in the past, the Butch Jones era, the Derek Dooley era, there have been plenty of down moments, and it has led to debates. Well, is it the coach's fault? Is it the player's fault? What do the coaches need to do to get more out of the players? Has the recruiting been good enough? There are a lot of debates, coaches and players, players and coaches. Well, Urban Meyer said something interesting on Fox on Saturday with their college football broadcast, and I know that Urban Meyer is not a huge favorite among Tennessee fans, although here recently I've heard some Tennessee fans saying, hey, could we get Urban Meyer to be the coach? So if, if he were to ever wear orange in the future, then I'm sure plenty of Tennessee fans would be Urban Meyer fans. But I think we all agree he was a very successful coach and he's been one of the brightest coaches we've seen in a long time. Over the last 20 years, are you taking anybody besides Nick Saban over Urban Meyer? Maybe Dabo Sweeney, but Urban's right up there with just about anybody, right? here over the last couple of decades with his national championships at Florida and Ohio State. He was great. Well, he said this, looking at issues that different programs deal with, and Tennessee's not the only one right now. As I talked about earlier, South Carolina has fired Will Muschamp. Michigan is a disaster right now. Texas is not living up to what it's supposed to be. Penn State, same deal. So there are others that are are dealing with some kind of issue. Listen to what Urban Meyer said here and ask, does this apply to Tennessee? This big picture look that he's taking, could you apply it to the University of Tennessee? This is Urban Meyer on Fox on Saturday. So many of us are excuse makers. I mean, that's the way that's part of who we are, and it, and it shouldn't be that way. When you see a team struggle, the first thing the fans and the, and the media blame are the players, or they blame the coaches. It's never more evident than the NFL. I always laugh every week when I'll hear someone say, well, they got bad players in the NFL, some team that always struggles. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Think about what you just said. There's not a bad player in the NFL. They're NFL players. Same with the coach. You can't say, well, he's a bad coach. Now, maybe they're not coaching well, or maybe the player's not playing well, but that's where I always say, lift under the hood. Never make excuse. When I was a coach, I would never let one of my coaches say he's a bad player. I'd warn him, say, say that again, you probably have to leave because that's just, you're making excuses. Now, dig deep and find out why. Every time I've had a team struggle, every time, it's fallen in one of three categories. Number one, there's some trust issue. The players don't trust the coach. The coach don't trust the players or 
awful when the players don't trust each other. Number two, you really think about it, it's called a dysfunctional work environment, Reggie, and that's that, where the expectations are very high, but we don't work hard. I've been there before, Coach. It's, and, and the coach has to be real clear with his team, say, wait a minute, that's going to lead to frustration, anger, disappointment, because we want to win a championship. I got news, guys, we're not working hard. So quit stop with the yeah. expectations. If you're... you're Work ethic must exceed or equate your expectations. That's a good environment. And the last one is real obvious. You got a selfish team, man. You got problems on your team. Football is a unselfish sport. That means you got to do the nasty. That means I'm a running back. I got to go protect my quarterback. Yeah. That you don't always get to carry the ball. Sometimes you have to run down and kick off 22 miles an hour and throw yourself into someone coming 15 miles an hour the other way. That's not fun. Why would you do that? Because you love your team and your teammates. So when you hear LSU, Penn State, Wolverine struggling, stop with the bad players. I, I get sick of hearing that. It's not the players. I don't think it's coaches. But there's something wrong. That's Urban Meyer from Fox on Saturday. Tennessee has a four-game losing streak heading into the Auburn game on Saturday, and Tennessee has had a number of issues on the field. We've talked a lot about the quarterback position this year and last year, but it's been more than the quarterback spot too, right? And what did I talk about last segment? Those are some issues behind the scenes that Philip Fulmer is trying to get figured out. So what is it? I don't know exactly what the answer is. A lot of people are searching for the answer. But it's something Jeremy Pruitt and Philip Fulmer, the guys that are leading the football program and in Philip Fulmer's position, the athletic department as a whole. They're trying to get that figured out. And it's something that probably needs to be figured out very soon. So some food for thought here in the final segment of Locked on Vols today. I appreciate you being here. We'll move into game week talk tomorrow. You will hear from Jeremy Pruitt on tomorrow's show, and we'll be looking for updates as well on what might happen in the SEC this upcoming week. That's going to be here on Locked on Vols. Today's show has been presented by BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Keep spreading the word to other Tennessee fans about the daily Tennessee Vols show. I appreciate you hanging out with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow here on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs>